So God um, will not force himself on you. Um, I think a bunch of us are waiting on God to do a magic trick or something. He's actually waiting on us. We want magic. He wants trust. And so the first thing that we have to do is unfold our arms and, and, and you know, it's a metaphor, right? But open ourselves up to God um, and be willing just to move in his direction. Because just like that prodigal son, when we move in his direction, he will run towards you. Mm-hmm. And so the first thing is, is to open yourself up to mm-hmm. it. Welcome to the Loving God, Loving People podcast, where we talk about what it looks like to follow Jesus in our everyday lives and how, in the end, all that matters is God and people. Here's today's episode. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. Chad, today we're going to be talking about uh, God, which is a big topic, <laughs> and, and understanding things about God, which just to, to set us up here, um, we, we haven't explored most of our ocean. We, we have very little understanding of what is in the depths of the ocean, what is in outer space. I mean, we're beginning to just scratch the surface on what exists in creation, and we can barely wrap our minds around an itty-bitty corner of it. And now we're talking about the infinite God who created this mysterious cosmos and ocean and all the things that we're beginning to to understand. Again, just a tiny corner of it. How is it even possible that itty-bitty us on our itty-bitty planet flying through our itty-bitty solar system on our itty-bitty galaxy uh, can understand anything about the infinite God who existed before time existed, who created time and matter and all that we know? How could it even be possible for us to grasp a little tiny bit of who he is? Please answer that in 20 minutes or less. (laughs) We're starting the new year with simple questions. Yeah, you know, just little... You should write a little softball question. Well, you should. You did a little itty bitty run there. That uh-huh. was pretty good, right? <laughs> so that's a great question. So let's talk about what God is. And I will say this sometimes: this is the best definition I've ever heard of what, not who, but what God is. And this definition you got when you were in Bible college, correct? And it well, stuck this, with you. I, I interned at a church in Houston, Texas, mm-hmm. and the lead pastor there was named Dr. Bill Bennett. Mm-hmm. I. I Imitate him. He oh, he's from North Carolina, South Carolina. Uh, went to Duke. Brilliant man. Um, talk like that because he had a funny accent and he was a little man. But and he, he basically memorized the whole Bible. Oh, it's the New Testament, Robert. I, oh, I can't okay. possibly memorize the entire Bible. <laughs> Here he is. But I, mean, I memorize, you know, Matthew through Revelation. Welcome to the podcast, Doctor Bennett. Doctor Bennett was, is with Jesus now, but I'm grateful for him. Um, so yeah, he he gave me a book. And I had to write a book report in this internship. Mm -hmm. And the book was called Know What You Believe. You can still buy the book. It's by Paul Little. I think that's right. Mm -hmm. And uh, so Know What You Believe by Paul Little. And it just walks through doctrinal things. But in that book, uh, he gives a definition of what God is. And when I read it, it stuck with me. I've always remembered it. Yep. And so sometimes I'll be preaching away or talking here on the podcast and, and out and that definition will come out. So God is, this is what he is, according to Paul Little, and I think this is right. He is an infinite, eternal spirit without any boundaries or limitations Mm -hmm. that has an intellect, personality, feelings, and will. So to your point, we are Mm itty-bitty. We are finite little tiny creatures that are trying to understand an infinite, eternal spirit Mm -hmm. that has no boundaries or limitations, and yet this being which means this person, 
meaning his personhood, he has an intellect, personality, feelings, and will. And this is a being that is everywhere at the same time, Mm -hmm. that knows everything, and that is all powerful. And then there's, you know, you and I currently sitting doing a podcast at 456 East Ray Road in Gilbert, Arizona, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. On this this little speck of dust floating out in the universe. Um, So how can we know him? Mm -hmm. Because that's what we're talking about as we begin Rooted. And by the way, if you haven't gotten your Rooted book, and you're part of Sun Valley, I want to encourage you to do that. And I want to encourage you as best you can to get connected with some other people. You can do that officially at the church uh, in a group, or you can just invite some friends to go through it with you. But go on the journey with us because it, it will help you. But this first week, we're talking about the character of God. So infinite eternal spirit without any boundaries or limitations that has an intellect, personality, feelings, and will. How can itty bitty little old me have any understanding of who this infinite being is? Well, here's how I can know who he is. Uh, Through the scriptures, the Bible was not written to us, but it was written for us, Mm -hmm. meaning it was written to people during that day and time. Mm -hmm. But in the Bible, Jesus is revealed to us. And Jesus is God wrapping himself up into the itty bitty Mm -hmm. like you and me. Mm -hmm. And so if you want to know what God is like, his character, you you look at, at Jesus. If you want to know God's intellect, his feelings, his will, what he's like, his personality... You you look at you look at Jesus. Yeah. So God, the only way we can know anything about God is if God chose to reveal Himself to us. And um, what what you find and what Scripture tells us is that God has revealed Himself to us, really in a, a few different ways. Um, Chad, you mentioned Jesus. Jesus is the the best picture that we have of who is God. Well, let me give you a pass, couple mm-hmm. passages of Scripture. I, I think I know where you're about to go, but let's talk about Jesus mm-hmm. for a second. So, John chapter one. Jesus is is the Word, mm-hmm. and the beginning was the Word. Uh, th- that word, Word, because that was originally written in Greek, is where we get our word logo, mm-hmm. uh, logos, right? So he's the logo of God. Yeah. Like, like if you want God's brand, think of it that way. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, everybody knows the swoosh for Nike, right? That's yep. the logo. So it's branding. So when God branded himself and marketed himself to, to mankind, this is who I am. He did that in the word, and the word is Jesus. In Colossians chapter 1, it says Jesus is the image of the invisible God. Mm -hmm. Um, And Paul does this beautiful run there. It's actually a a worship song in Mm -hmm. that day and time, and it's it's so good. So if you want to know what God is like, you look at Jesus. Back to John chapter 1, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. So God branded himself and wrapped himself up in the Mm -hmm. itty-bitty that is Jesus. And so sometimes we read these big theological things, but it is that simple. Jesus is God with a bod. Mm -hmm. At Christmas time, we say he's God incarnate. That's a fancy theological way of saying God with a bod. And And so, yeah, he's revealed himself in the person of Jesus. And so that we would know that Jesus is God with the bod, God also has given us the scriptures. He's given us the Bible so that we would know who the Messiah was, who the Savior was, who this promised rescuer was that was going to be different than mankind, but also mankind that's all prophesied throughout the Old Testament, the son of David, this uh, 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 son of man, as Daniel describes this, this prophecy of this coming Messiah. Jesus used that title for himself, and he fits the address of all the prophecy of Scripture. So Scripture reveals things about God, uh, helps us know even the beginning of the story. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. It gives us the context for where we are today. It helps us understand why is there evil and suffering in the world? Why is it that I'm longing for something that this world can't offer? All of that is answered through Scripture. God gave us his word, and then as John says it, that word became flesh and dwelt among us. 
us. And then in Romans, Paul talks about God's also revealed some of his invisible qualities through creation. You yeah. can see it in in what's been made. You can see it in the order that you find in the universe and in your body and in a molecule or an atom. And you see it in the cosmos. All of that is a reflection of the, of the creator. It's his creativity. It's his brilliance. It's his power on display. Mm-hmm. And so these invisible attributes we can see through what was made. And then we also see it through what's been revealed through scripture. And then that word became flesh and dwelt among us in case you had any doubts about God or any, now, now we have a much clearer picture of, of who God is and his character. And, and we learn things about God's character that's counterintuitive when you think about world religion, uh, most people think about God because people have some idea of God. Now, they might call him different things or whatever, uh, but it's just kind of this terrifying whatever. And then you see Jesus, and he's so kind, and he's so loving, and he's so gracious, and it's so different than what our, our intuitive kind of what, – what typically we would come up with on our own if we were creating, hey, I think God might be like this um, – we're surprised when we see the person of Jesus because he, he just breaks so many of the molds we have for God. Well, I think I think we all have varying misconceptions of God. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, you probably remember this. I used to do this. Um, it was kind of a sermon slash already, yep. skit, and I would do all these misconceptions. Act of God. out the different characters, and God's the sheriff, and God's the you know he's coming to get you or whatever. God's the the angry person that just is there to to smite you. And I remember you giving all these different different examples. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, you know, God's too busy for us. That was one of them. Mm -hmm. You know, he can't possibly care what I care about. Uh, God's aloof. He's just a party animal. You know, Mm -hmm. it doesn't really matter. Everybody's, you know, everybody's good. I'm good. You're good. We're all good. Right. That whole thing. And then I'm watching you every move Mm -hmm. you make, every step. And and none of those are God. Yeah. Uh, I think the last one I did is, you know, old man in a rocking chair, Mm -hmm. right? Totally. And it's just these caricatures that best, we create. Best, yeah. best days have passed him by, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. That was the Bible times. But the the be- most beautiful picture, I think, that Jesus paints um, is in Luke 15. And it's what we call the story of the prodigal son. Mm-hmm. That's actually not a very good title for that story. Um, yeah. Uh, the right title would be there was a father and, and two sons. That's how, that's how Jesus begins the parable. Yeah. It's about two sons and the son, quote unquote, the, the person that he's talking to, it's the older brother, not the prodigal. It's not the, the younger brother. It's the, it's the older brother who's responsible. He's talking to religious leaders who would relate to that older brother. And the whole point is that older brother is going to miss out on all the joy that the father has for the son. Yeah. There's this beautiful picture of the prodigal son who's gone off and blown up everything, right? And the father's just waiting on him. Mm-hmm. They come home. Mm-hmm. And finally he comes home and the father celebrates him. It's just full of amazing grace. Well, for anybody, so again, it was written to people, it was written for us, but it was written to a specific audience. And even in this moment, Jesus is speaking it to a specific audience. It is so scandalous that this father would run, would, you know, think about robes at that time, would hike up his robe and sprint to his son. I mean, this is a honor culture where no, 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 that, that dad would shame that son. And yeah, be pa- a big... patriarchs don't run. That's right. And and so as soon as Jesus says that, everybody's minds are blown. They're going, yeah. what kind of a father would do that? Yeah. And and Jesus is revealing the heart of God in that. Yeah. I, let's let's go a little deeper with what you just said. So, so picture this in your mind. Jesus is speaking, because earlier I said this, you just alluded to it, Robert. The Bible was written uh, for us, but not to us. Mm-hmm. Meaning when you're reading the Bible, you have to understand the context that it's in. Mm-hmm. So in this moment, the religious leaders are like, why does Jesus hang around sinners? And Jesus tells them three stories. That's right. Uh, lost, uh, 
lost sheep, lost coin, and mm-hmm. then and then there's the father that had two sons. So the father represents God in the story. The two sons, one son, the older, represents really religious people, and the younger son represents really rebellious people. But but picture in your mind just the audacity of the story. So think about the Middle East. Think about a very religious father. Picture in your mind the long beard, the seriousness. Mm-hmm. Um, he's wealthy, successful. Um, he got there by hard work, discipline, the sweat of his brow. Mm-hmm. And he's the patriarch of this big family. A bunch of people working for him, high honor. Yeah, I got a bunch of servants, a mm-hmm. bunch of land. And this young punk kid says, Dad, I wish you were dead. So I could have your inheritance. Because I want the money. Yep. Right. And so the father says, okay, well, you're going to have the money now. He goes off, squanders it on riotous living, right? So prostitutes, gambles it away, comes home. And then this is how Jesus tells the story. So picture it in well, your Well, hits rock bottom, right? So he's there trying to eat the pig slop going, man, the servants in my dad's house have it way better than I have. So let's go with that. Whether, whether you're a Jewish person or a Muslim person, you do not eat pigs, mm-hmm. okay? And you definitely don't eat the slop. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very dishonoring. So he's lowest of the low, the worst you can get. And then, to your point a moment ago, this wealthy, honorable, religious, hardworking man sees this homeless son of his now. Covered in whatever, who knows what. Still dirty, Mm -hmm. filthy, didn't have the money to stop by a nice hotel and shower, right? And this older father, instead of crushing the son, instead of shaming the son, hikes his robe up, shows those little bony (laughs) knees and runs to his son and and hugs him, Mm -hmm. puts his own robe on him, gives him the family ring, Mm -hmm. um, welcomes him home as a child. Uh, This is the heart of God. Mm -hmm. And if you want to know what God is like, just look at Luke 15. Um, Look at that last story that Jesus tells, that no matter where you've been, what you've done, or what's been done to you, if you'll open yourself up to God, he'll run to you, mm-hmm. receive you, welcome you home. It's just this beautiful picture that Jesus tells. And religious people don't understand that kind of grace. No, because they're going, man, that son doesn't deserve it. He deserves something far different. And that is the whole point that Jesus is making. Yeah, no one deserves it. Yeah. Um, that's why it's called grace. It's mm-hmm. what makes Christianity different. And the older son has a misconception of who the father is because he thinks, you know, I deserve it. God owes me. I've followed the rules. I jumped through all the hoops. And so his his desire was to still have the stuff that the father had. It wasn't to have the father. Yeah. Well, and I know you know this, but just to, to say it for all of us, I mean, the irony is the younger son doesn't want the father. He wants the father's money. Mm-hmm. So he gets the money by being very, very bad. The older son doesn't want the father. The older son wants the money. Mm -hmm. So he gets it by being very, very good. And Jesus is going, it's not this way. It's not this way. I'm the way. It's your relationship with your father that matters. Your father doesn't want your goodness. Uh, Your father uh, will, you know, put grace over your badness. The father just wants a relationship with you. Mm -hmm. Don't you see? Don't you see? Mm -hmm. Right? None of us deserve that. But God in his love and mercy and grace sends the righteous older brother that's not in the story, who is Jesus, Mm -hmm. who goes and rescues all of us who are prodigals. It's this beautiful thing and shares his inheritance with us. Yeah. It's mind-blowing. Mind-blowing. So the grace of God sets Christianity apart from 
any other faith on the planet, to think that God and all of his power and all of his infinite eternalness that you described, um, when we rebelled, that should have been the end of the story. The Bible should just be a pamphlet. Like, hey, God created everything. <laughs> well, we, we got to page two. <laughs> we screwed it all up. And, uh, and then that was it. That's the end of the story. Yet it's this unfolding of this rescue mission that God would enter into a world of rebellion with a bunch of rebellious people. He would show grace and he would take on punishment. Like he would submit himself to take on the wrath, to take on the suffering that we created, to take that upon himself, that that's love that you and I, we can't wrap our minds around. That's love and grace that we can't, I can't draw it out on a piece of paper and go, see, this is it. And this is what all this means. It's something that you just continue to grow and learn in. Um, Chad, talk about how you've just grown and, and how, how do you grasp the grace of God in your life? How do you, how do you learn something that Paul says, I want you to I want you to know something that's unknowable. Yeah. How how do you know the depth of, of God's love, which is what we're talking about in this rooted series and, and our prayers that we would experience that we would be rooted and established in this love that surpasses knowledge. Um that, that we would experience it. How do you experience it? How do you grow in it? How do you learn this kind of love that God has for us? Well, I think the first thing that you have to do is you have to open yourself up to it. Mm. Um you know, most of us kind of have our arms crossed, our arms folded when it comes to our relationship with God. You prove it to me. You show me. You do what I want. And then uh, no relationship works like that. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine me going home with my arms crossed in front of my wife going, okay, prove your love to me, mm-hmm. right? Pr- prove my value. Prove to me that I'm valuable to you. That's, that's not how love works. Mm-hmm. I have to unfold my arms and I have to open myself up to whatever love she wants to give me, mm-hmm. right? Um, or not give me. <laughs> so God um, will not force himself on you. Um, I think a bunch of us are waiting on God to do a magic trick or something. He's actually waiting on us. We want magic. He wants trust. And so the first thing that we have to do is unfold our arms and, and, and you know, it's a metaphor, right? But open ourselves up to God um, and be willing just to move in his direction. Because just like that prodigal son, when we move in his direction, he will run towards you. Mm-hmm. And so the first thing is is to open yourself up to mm-hmm. it. Which, even as you're saying that, the picture that pops into my into my mind is a is a sail in the Old Testament. The Spirit of God, um, the Holy Spirit, is described as a, a breath or a wind. It's this this image of wind that you can't see the wind, but you see the effects of the wind and you can open yourself up to it like a sail. It's, it's ruach and it's pneuma in Greek. Ruach is the is the Hebrew. Pneuma, it's where you get like pneumatic drill, right? Air pressure, all of that. Um, that idea of to receive, to experience, to learn, uh, you open up the sail and there's a vulnerability to that because maybe the wind's not blowing that day. You know, I picture uh, this is a totally dumb thought that came to mind, but I picture like in a Tommy boy when he's out there in the water, you know, and he's got his little <laughs> sailboat and he's waiting for the wind. Hey, Gilligan, and, did you eat the skipper? Yeah, and he's, he's praying, you know, God, <laughs> could you please send some wind? And, uh, but that's it. That's we're putting up the sail and going, all right, God, can you send the wind? And when we do that, there's a vulnerability, but then you experience the spirit of God moving. And Jesus says, um, it's good that I'm leaving. So I'm going to send the Holy spirit. Yeah. And so if you want to get to know God, uh, God is available, but you have to open up the sail and, and experience him. Yeah. So I would say open up and I, I would say um, and, and move in his direction. Mm. Uh, put yourself to your boat, to your illustration, the sailboat idea, put yourself in the water. Mm-hmm. How do you do that? Well, you come to church. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're doing this um, opportunity right now at Sun Valley called Rooted. 
Uh, Rooted is about the seven rhythms that you can practice to get to know God better. Mm -hmm. Um, All that is, to your point, lifting your sail, getting yourself in the water, uh, moving in God's direction. So so you're allowing him to move in your direction. And so uh, over the next several weeks, we're doing that. Everybody can still get involved in that. And so go on the journey with us through, through Rooted. But I think you open yourself up. I, I, I think you move in his direction. And then I think you, you receive whatever he speaks to you or however he leads you. Uh, to receive means uh, you, you take it in, all right? And, and then you follow through with whatever he, he showed you. Uh, that's real faith. Real faith is receiving instruction from God and then doing what he says. Uh, following God, opening yourself up to God, doing what God's, it's as simple as your next step of obedience. And so you open yourself up to it, you move in his direction. And then when he gives, you receive. And he's going to give counsel and he's going to give direction. Sometimes he's going to give a rebuke, which means you're thinking this way, you're moving this way. You don't need to move this way. You need to move that way. But whatever he gives, you you receive. Can you imagine that prodigal son, dad hugs him, puts the robe on him, gives him the ring, and then dad going, Hey, I'd like you to do this. And the prodigal son going, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. It is, it is opening ourselves up. It is moving in his That's direction right. where we begin to understand the amazing grace of who That's he right. is and, and the natural response of that because it's a relationship. The natural response is obedience. Yeah. So there is, there is work in our relationship with God to grow in our relationship. It's a free gift to be restored in a relationship with God. To your point, mm-hmm. the father runs to us. Um, but then, yeah, there's a there's a response to that. It's not earning. God's already given us his love. He's already shown us his grace. He's already demonstrated it on the cross and through the resurrection, and he offers life. It's a gift, but we grow in that gift. We grow in that relationship. The process of becoming like Jesus does involve some effort in doing what God asks us to do. Yeah. So we follow his instructions. Yeah. I, I think, again, we all have misconceptions of God. Mm-hmm. I think we're actually wired for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's an enemy that lies to us. And so we, we have to, again, move in his direction, stay open. Yeah. And then when he gives us instruction, we receive it. And Jesus and, says, and yeah, through. you hold to my teachings, then you're truly my, my disciples. And, and you, will you will know, know the, the truth. truth. And the truth will set you free. Yeah. We have an enemy. There's lies all around us. Jesus says, you want to know the truth? Start doing what I, what I tell you, and you'll know the truth. And that truth doesn't bind you up. It's not going to – God's not going to burden you. Uh, that truth is going to set you free. Yeah, that's John eight thirty one and thirty two. Good job, so Doctor Bennett. You're like, oh yeah, I had a mem- I had verse memorized. Yeah, um, Robert, man, I love you. I appreciate you. Why don't Why don't you pray for us? Yeah, happy to. Uh, before you do that, I, I do want to encourage uh, everybody that's listening. If you're not currently part of Rooted. Uh, please go on our website. Uh, there's a book that you need to be part of that. Uh, you can join one of our groups or you can grab a few friends and, and, and start your own group. But go on this journey with us over the next several weeks. Um, learn these seven rhythms. And in that, you'll have a deeper understanding of God's love for you. And you're going to learn how to listen to him and walk with him. And uh, that can be the greatest decision of your life. And so I want to encourage you to go on the journey with us. Yeah. We pray for us, Robert. Let's pray. Come, Holy Spirit. God, would you um, would you fill us with more knowledge of, of you? God, thanks that you've revealed yourself to us, that we can even know you, that we can even, um, even if it's tiny glimpses, we can begin to learn uh, just how deep and wide your love for us is, your grace that is so amazing. Um. I pray that that grace would continue 
uh, to reveal itself to us as we as we apply your teachings, um, as we go on this journey of of having these rhythms in our life. Um, God, I ask that as we lift our sail, that Holy Spirit, uh, you would move in ways that we can't even imagine right now in this moment. Uh, I pray that months from now we would look back on this journey uh, with just a deep gratitude. God, that you you haven't abandoned us in our sin, that God, you walk with us. And uh, God, you want us to experience transformation through knowing you, uh, knowing truth. I pray against the enemy. I pray against the temptation uh, to desire to grow in these areas, but not to do anything. God, would you give us courage, um, whether it's to join a, a group or to, to go through this study um, or just to commit to being a part of church every weekend in the series. Um, God, would you help us to, to keep our sails up? And may we experience your grace. Mm-hmm. And may we begin to know the the height, the depth of your love, this love that surpasses our knowledge. Uh, may we experience it in new ways. Uh, we ask and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Loving God, Loving People podcast. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast wherever you are listening so you'll never miss an episode. While you're at it, if you found value in this conversation, we'd love it if you rated the podcast and left us a review. Also, sharing this with a friend is a great way to help more people meet, know, and follow Jesus. And lastly, you are always welcome to join us online for one of our services every week at live.sv.cc or go to locations.sv.cc to join us in person at one of our physical locations. Thanks for joining us. See you next time.